AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. to a special edition of the AT Birds uh, Weekly Report, special report. Uh, we have Joe Giglio from 941 WIP, the midday show, with uh, with uh, Hugh Douglas. Uh, it's not no longer night show. I want to congratulate on that. I know I've messaged you back and forth. Um, I think you and Hugh are a pretty good team uh, together. So I really enjoy uh, that uh, radio show. But hey, welcome to the show. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're having fun. We've been doing the show uh, together for a few months now. And um we're certainly excited to do our first football season together. So, yeah, thank you and, uh, and appreciate being on the show again. So what I want to do start with is talking about the Eagles offseason. A lot was made about the offseason of looking at Howie Roseman and what they had to do. You had the quarterback you needed, a, a, you know, big time extension, all the free agents that were potentially leaving and everything that was ahead of them after losing the Super Bowl. And everyone's saying they're not going to be able to sustain that. They're not going to be able to get these players back, the salary cap all that as you look at it now on may 5th you know we'll we won't say the draft yet i want to get into the draft next but it's just off season wise before up until before the draft you're basically what you thought of what harry roseman did with this roster yeah i thought he did a good job um i, I thought that they brought back the guys like if you told me before the off season, like you show me a list of the guys they lost and the guys they kept considering the fact that we knew they were going to pay Jalen Hurts. I would have been surprised that they kept as many guys as they did, um, especially both corners. Um, and, and they kind of went to um, a way where they let the guys go at positions that clearly they and the rest of the NFL, they don't prioritize paying. Now, is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson a really good safety? Yeah, but safeties don't get paid much. So, like, the Eagles didn't break the bank for a safety. Same thing with T.J. Edwards, linebacker. Same thing to an extent with Sayamalu. So, I think, you know, you kind of ledger it out. They they played it right. They brought back the, the more valuable positions. They let the least valuable positions go. And then as we'll talk about, they they filled in with some of those gaps in the draft. I mean, the only guy I think they could miss significantly this year is, is Chauncey Gardner, uh, just because he was a unique kind of safety. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised how he was able to pull all this off. And obviously, you throw the Hurts contract in with the, the low cap hits. It's, it's a really good offseason by Howie. And I, I know you can kind of, you know, put this in too. Shane Steichen had, had left to go to the Indianapolis Colts. The offensive uh, office coordinator is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And then Jonathan Gannon leaves and is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So you get Brian Johnson in uh, from quarterback's coach. He elevates his position to offensive coordinator. And then you have uh, Sean Desai who comes in. He was the defensive coordinator in 2021 for the Chicago Bears under Matt Nagy and then was with Pete Carroll last year in Seattle as just basically a senior assistant there 
but what do you make of those two additions? If you want to say Brian Johnson and uh, Sean Desai. So I think they both could be uh, eventually just as good, uh, just as successful, maybe more. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine considering how good last year was for both those coordinators. But I do think, and it's probably an uh, under-talked about thing this offseason, there's probably going to be some growth that we're going to have to just accept. I mean, the one thing about 2021 into 2022, part of the reason I was so high on them last year, among a lot of reasons, right, they had a lot of talent. Hertz was taking a leap or a step forward, we would think, in you know, year two to three, and he took a gigantic leap. But one of the reasons I, I really thought last year was going to be a great year for them is it was, it was, you couldn't get any more continuity, right? Every one of the coaches was coming back. Both quarters were coming back. It was like when they got to mini camp or OTAs and then training camp, it was, it was hit the ground running, building on what they did the year before. Now, I think a lot of this will be similar, especially offense. I mean, Brian Johnson was there. He knows Jalen Hurts. I think the offense, and there's very few different pieces. I mean, it's basically the same offense. Just they swapped out some running backs, and there'll be a different right guard. So I think the offense has a chance to be basically the same, or maybe better if if the guys just play better. But defense, I do think we could have some growing pains. A lot of new people, a lot of new players, and Desai. So that's where I I think we have to be patient early in the season. It wouldn't surprise me if the defense early on is just, you know, they're not all on the same page with a new coordinator. Yeah, and that's that's going to be big. And then – you know, you're looking at the play, the teams that they have to play. It's going to be a little bit different of a schedule than it was last year in the t- in the quarterbacks that you're going to have to play uh, during the regular season. So again, you may have some, like you said, you may have some growing pains with the defense, and you know it's it's expected. You're not going to be, you know, what you what you were as a Super Bowl winning team, but they still have a lot of talent. And um, my question now for you is, looking at what they did in the offseason, and then we transition over here to what they did in the NFL draft. Um, you know, last weekend, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and what they came out with. What are your thoughts with uh, what happened? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the, the joke, what is it, the Georgia Bulldogs now? I mean, it's just, it feels like how he's in on the bit. We're just going to take every Georgia player. Look, I, I was, so I'm happy they took a position of value high. I did not want B. John Robinson. That was the talk of, of WIP for a yeah. couple months. I, I didn't want to draft a running back at number number 10. I just I just thought it would have been a mistake, even though B. John looks like he'll be a, a really good player in the NFL. So I'm happy they went in a smart direction with the kind of player they got. Now, look, we can pretend that Carter is, you know, it's going to work out because we wanted to, but there are red flags. I mean, let's, let's be real. And, you know, I'm okay with drafting Jalen Carter because, number one, there's upside. Number two, I think it will help him that he has a lot of good infrastructure here, right? His teammates at Georgia, and it seems like some of those guys kind of kept keep him in check a little bit, like Jordan Davis. Um, and also, you know, the Eagles have good leaders in the locker room, especially in that room with Brandon Graham and, and Fletcher Cox. So I'm okay with the risk, and I'm, and I'm extra okay with it because they didn't trade up a lot to get him. Like, we talked before the draft of, well, would you trade, you know, whatever, like 10 and 30 to get up to number five or four or three to get Jalen Carter? And I was totally against that because I, I'm, not, I'm not trading an extra first round pick for a kid that, you know, has a lot of off the field concern about his work ethic. And obviously, you know, the thing he did and, and maybe more things he's done that were just immature and silly and, and obviously led to a tragic incident. So I, I'm OK with Jalen Carter because I think all things considered, it's a, it's a risk worth taking. I love the Nolan Smith pick. Johnny, when I hear him talk, we had him on the show the other day, mm-hmm. and I, I hear him laugh and I hear his energy. He reminds me so much of Brandon Graham. I feel like they found the, the future Brandon Graham 
with Nolan Smith. So I, I just think he's going to be an awesome fit, and I think he can rush the quarterback, even though he's a little bit smaller. Um, and as far as the other picks, I, I, I think they did a good job filling in some needs. You know, we always talk best player available in the draft, but mm-hmm. I thought they were really thin on the offensive line enter, exiting free agency, and I like the Steen pick, and I, I'm excited to see Stout work with him. And then they needed a safety. I, I just I, I looked at the safety yeah. depth chart before the draft, and I'm like, Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship, that's it? I mean, that's that's not good enough. So hopefully Sidney Brown uh, could be a playmaker and, and, and maybe get on the field early. So I like how they filled some needs later. And um, and Keely Ringo, you know, Hugh was down in, in Atlanta before he came up to do yeah. the show with me here. And, and he so he knows these Georgia kids well and talked about him and watched him a lot. And um, it's funny, about two months ago, when we first got into the draft process and we were discussing – you know, Slay and Bradbury, would they be back? And and Hugh was making the point that if they let one of them go, there's a lot of good corners in this draft. And he was kind of, you know, roping Keely Ringo's name in with the guys that went earlier. You know, those those first-round corners that all went. So, so he likes them. So the fact they got him later uh, is certainly an interesting pick, too. So I, I like the draft, and uh, hopefully Jalen Carter, you know, lives up to his potential. Then I, then I think it might be a home-run draft. Yeah, and I think another thing, and you look at the the draft and what they did with the Georgia players, and a lot of people talking about, oh, you can't just draft all these players from the same school, everything, you know. But I put it to this way: you look at a team back in the early two thousands who had one of the greatest defenses in the Miami Hurricanes, and if you told me that a team in consecutive years would draft five players from that defense, whether it be a Vince Wilfork, a Jonathan Vilma, a, Sh- a Sean Taylor, an Antrell Roll, along the lines of that. I would be more than happy to get those type of players on my team. And I think people don't realize what these players are going to be doing for the Eagles and how you can get great players, even though it's one school. We, How long was it before we saw the Eagles draft an SEC players? We've been clamoring for them to draft SEC players for years. And now how he's done that the past three seasons and getting these players from the SEC, top flight players from the SEC, and, you know, putting them on their team. And I feel like a lot of people uh, just look at just because you're drafting from one school and they, they're not all great players. But when you have a historically great defense, it's you can find those players for your team. Well, you can. So it's interesting you brought up that, that comp to Miami. So uh, obviously th- those guys you mentioned, their full careers played out, right? Ed Reed, Roll, Wilfork, and... They turned out to be a lot of them. I mean, there's some Hall of Famers in there, some all pros. They were really good NFL players. Now, I'm fine with it, and I think it's going to be a good thing, and I agree with you. Like, hey, don't overthink this. If, if, the, if these guys are good and they're rated high on your board, who cares they all went to the same school? I think it actually just will kind of maybe bring the culture up here and add to what they have. The one thing, though, I, I will say, and, and we'll find this out, I, w- I would guess the answer to this question will be answered within the next year or two. I'm just basing it on last year, at last year's draft, not just the two Eagles guys, Jordan Davis, Dean, but you go to uh, Trayvon Walker with the Jaguars, Quay Walker with the uh, Packers. I, I do have a question, and I hope the answer is it turns out to be a positive one. This group, like this Georgia group that the Eagles obviously have a lot of, I, I do wonder because none of them yet have popped in the NFL, right? Like Trayvon Walker wasn't very good as a rookie. Jordan Davis didn't do much. I do wonder if, they're all like B or B plus players that when you put 11 of them on the field, they played like an A defense. I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to find out. Like, hopefully there's some A's sprinkled in. And obviously the Eagles, hopefully they got an A with Jalen Carter. But um, that's certainly kind of a thing in the back of my mind. Like, how good are these guys individually? The Miami guys you mentioned, they were great individually. We'll find out with these guys pretty soon. 
Yeah, you, you'll find that out. Absolutely. Um, what I want to ask you now is looking at the after the draft, uh, the big portions of free agency. Now, of course, you have that fourth wave, third or fourth wave coming now. But what do you see as a need on this team yet that you'd like to see the Eagles fill position wise on whether offense or defense? Yeah, linebacker. Um, I think linebacker could be this year's version of the trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. It's just very thin. Um, you know, we're all expecting Kobe Dean to elevate himself to a starter, and I think he will. And and as long as he stays healthy, I, I have no worries about Kobe Dean. I think Kobe Dean could play. And I know people say his size or whatever. He was a star at Georgia. They'll, you know, they'll have enough bulk in front of him. They'll keep linemen off him. I, I think Kobe Dean will be a good player pretty much right away. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the other linebacker spot, it's just – its not. I don't think it's very good. I mean, Nicholas Morrow was a low-level free agent. I mean, he, I, I didn't think he was particularly great with the Bears, the Raiders before. He had an injury. I mean, it, that's – I would not be comfortable going in the season with just Dean and Nicholas Morrow. And then you throw in the fact that, like, what if one of those guys gets hurt? Like, well, then what are we talking about? I'm talking about, like, special teamers playing a lot of downs. And last year, you go and look at it. I know they weren't star names, but TJ Edwards and Kaiser White played well for the Eagles, and they never came off the field, especially TJ. I think he was on the field like 85% of the snaps or maybe closer to 90. So so I think they need something else there, and it's interesting because a lot of those um, linebackers from that draft about four years ago, they haven't had their fifth-year option picked up, right? So they're in the last year with their teams, and maybe their teams are kind of signaling they don't want to keep them long-term. Patrick Queen, Isaiah Simmons – I would not be surprised if we get like a summer trade where they get a linebacker similar to way they got Chauncey Gardner last year. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I was thinking too. You know, you look at the roster and you know, two positions that I thought of a veteran offensive lineman, like a swing tackle, uh, a guy that can play both sides. Uh, I just, I know Jack Driscoll is there, but there are some questions, you know, where he fits, whether it's guard, whether it's tackle, I think a veteran offensive tackle potentially in the summertime would work. And then also line, like you said, linebacker, because you have to look at it this way. And I've mentioned this um, to a bunch of people is don't expect this team to be as healthy as they were last year. It just doesn't always work out that way. There's going to be injuries. You're, you're not going to be fully healthy. Look, they had 22 starters playing the Super Bowl. You're not going to see that. And you're going to have injuries. And when you have injuries, you need depth. And I think that's one key thing when you're looking at this team. Don't expect the two linebackers to be healthy all year. You know, you're going to have injuries. And do you want guys, you know, in the backups like Sean Bradley and Patrick Johnson and Christian Ellis and Davion Taylor having to start and play meaningful snaps for your, your team? See that. And I think that's where you have to kind of look and see what this team does. And I think, and again, how he said it. He said that we're not finished. We're always looking to improve. So you know he's he's eyeing that. But that's definitely something people I don't think really think about because they were so healthy last year. Yeah, it's gigantic. I'm, you're right to bring it up. And the other thing I was thinking with that same thing is on the offense. Like think about the wide receivers, right? Like wide receivers and corners, right? They got amazing play out of their top two receivers and corners: Slay, Bradbury, and of course Brown and and, and Devonte. They all basically never came off the field, like, ever. I know A.J. Brown, like, rolled his ankle right that Washington game, but he played the next week. It wasn't a big deal. They, and I think uh, Devontae, you know, kind of got banged up in the Super Bowl. But, again, it was the last game. So uh, that's why I was glad this offseason when they went and got Greedy Williams and they drafted Keela Ringo. Like, they at least have some corners now. Like, if Slay misses a game or two, I didn't then get by. Um, 
you know, wide receivers not as strong, but the running game's so good, and and obviously they have Goddard that I think they can get by if they miss Devontae or AJ for a game or two. But you're right. I mean, it, it is like when you list all the reasons they were as good as they were last year. People don't bring up health. They they had. I'm sure they think it's part of the way they practice and keep them healthy, but also for some of it's luck, right? You just don't bang your knee against something and, and you stay healthy all year. It's definitely a big part of it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, last thing I want to ask before I let you go. Um, how much does Hugh like the tasty cakes at tasty cake studios over there? Oh, he loves them. Now it's funny. Um, I, I don't know when this, if this started before I, you know, you came up here to work or, or got to know him a little bit, but um, I just, since we've gotten to know each other, I think he's either trying or just continuing to try to eat healthy and eat right. So um, he's pretty strict about his diet um, and what he eats, what he doesn't eat. But I noticed like maybe once a week, he'll let himself cheat a little bit or he'll kind of talk about like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this. And yeah, he loves, I, I guess like every Monday or Tuesday, they have, uh, you know, we have someone come in and they drop off more Tasty Cakes. So he always takes a video of the the Tasty Cake Studios and then the restocking. Yeah, oh yeah, the restocking. And then I know that um, he brings it to his his youngest son. Uh, so like he'll he'll get like a bag and then he'll bring a bag and and they get all excited. Yeah, he's uh, he's a fan and and he had mentioned before they didn't have anything like that down in Atlanta. So yeah, he, he loves those Tasty Cake refills for sure. Uh, but uh, like I said. Thank you again for joining me for this quick little segment. I do appreciate it. Um, you know, love the show. Uh, keep doing what you guys are doing and definitely want to connect with you guys again. But thank you for joining us on the All About the Birds special report. You got it, man. Anytime. Take care. Take care.